everyone, and welcome back to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast. This is episode number 190 going live for our gorgeous patrons on June 28th, 2021, and June 30th for everyone else. It's a weekly show covering all the games made in Canada and the people who create them, albeit we missed last week. Our apologies. Uh, my name is Steven. It's well, the PHNNA, uh, one of the main people behind CanadianGameDevs.com. Joining me, of course, the other main dude, Steven PHE. But we say Steve, so Steven and Steve, and quite literally no one has ever been confused by that. Mm-hmm. Yo, what How up? are you doing, Steve? How many more weeks till you move? This is the this is the last week we move. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do for the podcast next week because I probably won't have internet just yet. But we move next Saturday, or I guess this Saturday. Whatever. That's very exciting. I know. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Did we get the house on the Friday, so I might do some moving like Friday night. But then the Saturday is when I got the U-Haul rented and all that stuff. And, I'm going to solo it. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> really? Oh, my yeah. God. My parents were very generous and helped us with a, a mover last time we had to move, and it was so nice. <laughs> yeah. We we, ha- we hired movers when we moved to Aunt Sound. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like that's logic- a bigger trick, right? Yeah. My logic was that we had to do it that day, So, mm-hmm. and we were going to multiple places and stuff, like the storage locker and stuff. But now this is just moving like within the city and within like 10 minutes. City. Big quotes, Steve. Yeah, it's a booming metropolis, don't even. Um, so I'm like, you know what? I just need to get the big stuff, and I can just roll the big stuff into the garage if I really need to, and everything else can just sort of, you know, take its time because no one else is available. Like my brother's out of town and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. My mom. Your brother lives in Owen Sound. Yeah. Oh, cool. He's big as me. Or bigger. It's all the families me. out there, huh? Uh, I have one brother here and one brother in Toronto, and then uh, I don't have much else in terms of family. So. Yeah, I realized like texting you this week, I'll never be an uncle, and I thought I would be a really cool uncle. You can be an honorary uncle if you want to self. I would love to be an honorary uncle. Yeah, well, you just got to move into the Sega Genesis room. It'll happen soon enough, Steve. We'll see how July goes. Uh, I think I, I think that's where I'll have the podcast, my my desk and stuff too. So we'll see. I, I I'm gonna really... I'm gonna find a standing desk that works for you, Steve, because you got to stretch that that calf and tell- uh, glute. I'm telling you right now, I'm too tall for that stuff. You won't. I'll find it. My friend Jake is like six two or three, and he, I, I don't know if he built one actually, or if he found one, but I will do some research. Mm-hmm. Sure. How tall are you? Six six. Oh, yeah, it's a bit more. The three inches. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see what we can do. All that to say, uh, if you want to help us help Steve not uh, become more and more arthritic and disabled in his old age, you can support us over at <laughs> patreon.com slash Canadian Game Devs. You can back us there. For two-day early access to the podcast, an exclusive channel on our Discord, game key giveaways every month, discount codes for Canadian gaming events like EGLX, the knowledge you're helping us do what we do, and at the $5 credited patron tier, we will list your name at the end of every episode, along with all our other patrons at that level or higher, and at our top level, we will plug whatever you want for as long as you're at that level here on the podcast like our main man eric beer who is hard at work making game slice 2021 the best it could possibly be still looking for sponsors still looking for speakers if you want to give a talk there we might be giving a talk there. very excited about that um so yeah shout out to eric and game slice you can check out all that at thebotbook.com and game slice i think is joy draw i should have this ready to go not stalling while i talk about it um game oh i spelled game slice wrong yes game slice dot joy drop dot co for all of that links at the top of the show notes and steve as we've been plugging for the past several weeks well 
I guess a couple episodes we switch it all over, but um, we are wanting to highlight the Indian Residential School Survivor Society as a charitable organization that you can contribute to if you want to help the survivors of Canada's genocidal, ongoing uh, treatment of the indigenous peoples on this land. That is irsss.ca slash donate, and we will have that link in the show notes too, as what kind of feels like the start of a watershed moment here, Steve, where we are, we, the most of the discoveries are being made by uh, Aboriginal peoples just going there and digging around. Uh, mm-hmm. Thousands and thousands of unmarked graves of children who were sent to quote unquote schools throughout mm-hmm. the 20th century. The last one closed in 1996, Steve. That's not that yeah, long ago. I saw that, yeah, I know. <laughs> and honestly, I've read a lot of people say it didn't really go away. It just sort of changed into the welfare system. And that's where indigenous kids go now to not get help and be separated from their parents and so and such. So it's a lot of shit going on. But if you want to help, you can Indian residential school survivor society link at the top of the show notes. And uh, let me, let me read what they do here about us. uh, Just so people get an idea. Um, A committee of first nations, uh, Our work was primarily to assist survivors with the litigation process pertaining to the school abuses. In more recent years, our work has expanded to include assisting the descendants of survivors in implementing community education members. Um, So that all sounds like stuff we support. And uh, yeah, uh, there are a couple bundles I wanted to plug too. They might be over though. Uh, Nope, the Queer Games Bundle 2021, still ongoing, Pride Month. By the time you're listening to this uh, on Wednesday, it might be the last day. Nope, there's still a week left. So you have till the 5th of July to get this bundle to support uh, queer uh, game creators. Uh, I believe some from our Discord. I don't want to say any names till I check, but it was also plugged by our Patreon and good friend Devin Weersma. Uh, Devin also wanted to plug... Let me check this one's still open. Three days left. Okay, so patrons, if you're listening to this, there's still time to support the bundle for at-risk and houseless youth in Toronto. Uh, through the uh, Itchio bundle, uh, they are moving their goal as they hit each um, tier. So the next goal is two thousand one hundred fifty dollars, and they're at two thousand eighty. So you could help them get there. Um, doing so gets you a bunch of tabletop role playing games. One hundred percent of the proceeds, uh, minus Itchio's feeds, go to Horizons for Youth, a Toronto-based charity that operates a youth shelter. Youth shelter provides services for at-risk and houseless youth. All again, top of the show notes. Important stuff, Steve. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully, you know, we can help shed some light on it. Direct some eyes, as we are wont to do, through your ears, which is where you're hearing us now. I got some jobs to plug, Steve. Paperwork, top of the show. Three studios currently advertising with us. A Game Studios is looking for a remote Unity generalist. Uh, Snowden Studios, still a great name in Ottawa. Dude, when I lived in Ottawa, they would, the snowbanks got so high that they had a snowplow with like a big arm that stuck out and then shot down. And they would funnel the snow into that and then it would go through the arm and out. And they would essentially create a snowbank behind the snowbank because the first snowbank got so big. It's an operation. Uh, so Snowden Studios in Ottawa is looking for a full stack programmer, rendering programmer, and a senior generalist programmer. And Leek, L-E-E-K, in Toronto, is looking for a senior Unity dev. Uh, some new DMG, Dancing Games, events happening throughout July. Unity Club, uh, which Steve has... 
you've sat in on in the past. Uh, yeah, two or three. Yeah, I forget. Good times. Uh, you can show off your Unity project, ask questions, or just hang out and chat as you learn different techniques. Uh, July is World Building Intensive Month at DMG, so if you're building a world for your game, tabletop campaign, or just for your own enjoyment, you can sign up for that, show off your ideas, uh, and it's a four-week uh, workshop. And then Thursday, July 8th is the Games Writing Workshop online, low-key online social designed for writers who want to work together in a virtual space. And then again in July... On the 17th, TennoCon, the London-based Warframe uh, annual event. It's going online this year. Full digital, all-day event, looking at Warframe's past and a peek into the future. And once again, in the fall, Game Slice 2021, if you want to sign up to sponsor or give a talk or uh, show off your <coughs> game, as well as Game Dev Atlantic, October 22nd. Nope, 2021, October 22nd. Holy moly, Steve. I talk too fast, and then my mind just like trips over itself. You know what I mean? It's all good. Special shout-out to DMG, because they tweeted out yesterday, we're working on creating a studio. We want to support artists and game makers independently, allocating their time between personal creation and economic need. And so you can go to damagestudio.dev um, to kind of find out more. But I was checking it out yesterday. It sounds more like a publishing arm than like a game mm. dev studio, but still. They, they worked with them. Um, there was... They were a part of another funding initiative for marginalized game developers recently. Yeah, create a network in which the labor of the DMG community supports us individually and collectively, empower free creation with their own community, support artists and game makers independently, allocating their time between personal creation and economic need, create opportunities for game art and interactive media communities to collaborate with each other and learn through doing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you can check that out. Um, and uh, there's like a thing where you can put in your email. It's like, I want to be a member. I want to be a uh, a um, developer being a member of the co cooperative keeping up to date with the studio hiring the studio once it's running referring someone to work with the studio contributing expertise to the startup of the studio i could have swore one of them was being an investor one of them but maybe maybe i'm just misremembering as well but anyways you can damage studio.dev so i'm sure we'll be seeing more uh, of that that's very events. exciting I'm all for that. Seize the means, comrades. Uh, worker co-ops are the future. Um, and that's it for the paperwork this week. We'll shuffle some paper here. All right, Steve. Uh, we've been talking. We've been having internal conversations and with our patrons about the future of news on the site. And uh, you and I have struggled to keep up with publishing news stories written on the site. Um, we've, it's been much easier for us to, you know, retweet with some context about where the studio is and stuff like that, uh, on Twitter, uh, as well as on this podcast, talk about news. But as far as like writing up news, we've been kind of struggling with that. So I think what we've decided we're going to do news on the pod, retweet news, like in a, a release dates, um, press releases, stuff like that, um, on Twitter, providing context. So at Canada game devs, if you want to follow us there. There's also talk about like uh, upcoming games, games that came out this week, um, wishlist this, all that stuff. But I think as far as written content on this site, we might be rejigging that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. More so just at, at a time and like, we're because we're late, no matter what, we're like late. So even like if something were to happen, you're bit like we're both busy with the various mm -hmm. things. Like we can't get to it anyway. So we miss out on like all the SEO goodness mm -hmm. and whatnot. And, um, I don't know. It's something we're 
We're strongly considering. I, I haven't, we haven't, like, I mean, the last post we did was like three weeks ago, so. Yeah, I, <laughs> I did a bunch of threads for Twitter that got a bunch of likes and retweets, so and it's just Twitter seems to be like where our our readership is anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, just to let everyone know, let's a little sneak peek behind the curtain about what we're thinking about here. But all that yeah. to say. Also, we're changing the site from Canadian Game Devs to American Game Devs. Now. Yes. AmericanGameDevs.com. A much, much trickier task of a, pro, a country of 37 million to 340 million. But um, AmericanGameDevs.com is not taken. Ooh, I will just grab that before this goes up. <laughs> <laughs> Build out the Game Devs empire. You feel free to franchise your country to Canadian Game Devs overlords. <laughs> uh, Steve, a couple games came out this week. Run Prop Run, which we previously talked about on Wishlist This, is a prop hunt game put together by Play Together Studio. I forget where they are. I think it was. I don't want to say. Oh, I Montreal. Oh, yeah. Montreal. Wee, wee, wee. So in Run Prop Run, Steve, uh, if you never played a prop hunt game like uh, Gary's Mod, or they honestly have been adding them to everyone, like Call of Duty Cold War has one, you essentially like uh, uh, are a little character with uh, eyes, and there's a bunch of other characters in the world that are identical but not controlled by the player. And uh, someone's trying to hunt you and distinguish you from the other ones by, like, you know, destroying them. And uh, you, as the prop, if you feel like you've been spotted, can, like, just start running around and jump away. Well, run in quotes. You, like, slide around if you're, like, a, a couch or an mm. ATM machine or something. And it looks like there's these, like, uh, pistols that are the hunters going around looking. You can put hats on your pistol. It looks like a, like a space ray gun from, like, Marvin the Martian. Yeah, it looks awesome. Like it looks so. Yeah, good. I can't believe you never played a prop hunt game before. No, like, I didn't even know this genre like even existed. So it's been proliferating, in, especially in recent years. Like I think the Cold War version was probably like the biggest game it's been. Well, Gary's Mod's pretty big, but as far as like putting it in a Call of Duty game, yeah, it's so, on. So it's early access right now, and as mm-hmm. of right now, actually until July eighth, there's a fifteen percent discount. So woohoo! Get the save that money. A uh, much maligned game out of Tuke Studios in Quebec. Dark Alliance is out now on PC and Game Pass. Uh, getting mixed reviews on Steam. 2,500 reviews sitting at mixed. So not negative, not positive. Uh, it's a Dungeons & Dragons game, uh, co-op, uh, real-time combat game. Uh, I, on a couple of podcasts I've listened to recently, impressions from the press who got to play it early seem to be this game would have been received a lot better if it was shown to be or, or released at, as an early access game. And uh, that seems to be the general consensus that trying to sell it as a full product, the deluxe edition, 67 Canadian dollars, the base game's 52 Canadian dollars. Mm-hmm. It's a steep price tag, Steve. Um, and, uh, a lot of people thought they might have uh, taken the, or there's been speculation from some journalists that they took the Game Pass deal to, you know, get that upfront check and get out on Game Pass. But mm. that also is nice because Game Pass has game preview, and they've done uh, like Game Pass exclusive like skins for preview game Xbox preview games before. All that to say. It's looking a little rough, but yeah, um, yeah. I I was excited to give this a shot, but mm-hmm. and and it being on Game Pass and stuff, right? Like that's what we talk about, like early easy uh, entry point. But with everything that's kind of coming out and all that, like I'll just I'll hold off. Like I'll see how this how they're doing in six months, and 
and whatnot. I imagine the reason it's not early access is because it's Dungeons and Dragons. It's like one of those things where it's like, no, we can't. Mm, it's like yeah, Nintendo will point. never. Nintendo would never release an early access game. PlayStation you know? will never release an early access game. Yeah, like it's a licensed game, and as such, it, like I'm trying to now. I'm trying to think of another licensed video game that went early access. That's the thing. I I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Where you just... know what? That's probably it. That's a great point. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, published by <laughs> Wizards of the Coast, so yeah, they got the they got the big money on that one. Yeah, I mean, um, stuff is Dragons property. I think Wizards of the Coast is. I think yeah. they own Dungeons Dragons, don't they? Yeah, and Magic: The Gathering and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, but nerd, nerd shit for nerds. Nerd shit for nerds out now on Steam <laughs> and Game Pass. Uh, last game out this week, Industries of Titan has finally come to Steam after a year of Epic Game Store exclusivity. Still in early access, but uh, now on Steam. So if you were holding out uh, from installing the Chinese spyware that is the Epic Game Store on your desktop, that's a joke. Then you can now check out <laughs> Industries of Titan on Steam. Because <laughs> you have, uh, we have, because you have so many other Chinese spy network shit. Right? Yeah. Because it's such a huge pain in the ass to click a different icon on your desktop. I get it. I get it. I really do. No, sorry. That's a joke. I, there's a, I think a lot of the criticism of the Epic Games Store is completely hypocritical. But um, some people want it all in one place. And I do get that. Uh, so if you want it I on under, Steam. Yeah, I understand that, actually. we were just uh, Yeah, I get that having one thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It would never stop me from playing a game I'd want to play. This game's sick, Steve. I played it right at launch, version 1.0. I haven't touched it since. I really should get back. Maybe I should try and stream it, see what's different. Do the, it. the premise, if you don't know, is you're uh, building a, a, a sprawling industrial city on the moon Titan, which I think is a moon of Jupiter? Or Saturn? Mm. Oh, we looked at this up last time we talked about it, didn't we? Titan. It's Jupiter. I'm pretty sure it's Jupiter. Titan moon. I think you're right. Uh, is the largest oh, moon of Saturn? Saturn. Oh, my oh. God. All right. Well, uh, it's it's gorgeous. I loved it. Even as like version 1.0, like I think I was playing it like three days before it came out. It was so solid. Like I was encountering very little graphical bugs, gameplay bugs. It, it was it was just very tight, very very pretty, and uh, an interesting like dual layer of strategy to it, where you are building out the buildings in your city, and then you can go into each building and have multiple floors with different layouts of like uh, factories or barracks or power plants or stuff that you're building inside um Mm -hmm. i was very impressed with this game so it's currently sitting at mostly positive on steam 418 reviews the top funny review is um too long too long uh and then a bunch of epic stuff get out of here oh they have a they have a roadmap yes early access roadmap steven yeah august is on it (laughs) august new discovery september some stuff like i don't know what any of this stuff means so <laughs> i wonder if but august say... september october and much more they have so they have they have a good uh they have, uh, they have a long under approximately how long will the game be in early access our rough estimate is one year subject to change well it's been a year since it came out on epic so i wonder if they mean one year since it came out on steam it's a little hard Yo, to have parse we, have we talked about oh my god have we talked about this other game that they're working on it's on the steam page uh, the Mecca one, Phantom yeah, Brigade. Phantom yeah, Brigade. it was on wish list. Oh. This. Oh really? Oh, I have to open up Steam. Hold on, hold on. No, no. Come on, Steve, get with I'm the sorry. program. Yeah, we talked about Phantom Brigade. I okay. was talking about that in uh, the Discord with Three Cream because they were talking about Mech Warriors Five. The Mech community, Steve, intense to say the are, least. Oh really? Yeah, they are eating it up. 
Um, and I think Phantom Brigade will be, by all accounts, another worthy installment in the 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 mech. The only um, mech game I've ever really played was like the Zone of the Enders mm, series. Yeah, no, this is very, very. This is like a on the ground. Um, because Zone of the Enders, you're all like <laughs> flying around and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. This is different. By the way, as a shout out too, with the Steam Summer Sale going on, I got an email. How many s- how many games on your wish list are on sale, Steve? Uh, I got an email that said Grim Dawn and twenty three other items from your Steam wish list are now on sale. So Honestly, Dawn, that's not a lot considering you add three games a week. Tom, we've been doing this for like a year and a half. So let's Blue say, fire. uh, generously like maybe two hundred games. Uh, let's oh hold on, I can see right. I've and you only got twenty three on sale. One hundred seventy four. Oh, 174 on sale. Okay. No, 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 no. I have 174 on my wish list, and 24 of them are on sale. Man, Canadian developers. Oh, I guess a bunch of them haven't come out yet. That also yeah, that's sense. the thing. They're all a lot of them are. Duh. I've also gone ahead and like removed some of the ones that. Um, you got elsewhere or stuff. Or no, that I just like. I remove here. I'm actually going to remove. Live on the show. I just saw it. Where is it? Season. Get the, you can you can come out. Speaking of, Steve, I got some news for you. Um, For those who don't know, Scavenger Studio is a Quebec-based game studio who announced their next project after the Darwin Project, which was their uh, first game, kind of a fledgling Battle Royale uh, servers taken down since. They announced their next game at the Game Awards in a huge, gorgeous trailer Steve and I were very high on for a game called season uh then a couple weeks or a couple months later several allegations about um abusive sexist and uh kind of toxic workplace at scavenger studio came out uh, thanks to reporting by gameindustry.biz and uh everyone involved stepped down for a time uh a independent group came in to um provide uh like sort of steps and, and, you know, do some interviews with the people who worked there and figure out what was going on. It was announced on June 11th. Uh, Steve, they announced this the Friday before E3, which I consider, like, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm pretty sure they were trying to bury this story. Mm-hmm. That the founder and the accused, Emily LaMarche, uh, will be reinstated as CEO of the studio and go back to work. And the creative director, who was the subject of many of the allegations has been reinstated in a smaller non-managerial role, according to Gamma Sutra quote of their own choosing. So everyone who was accused and in charge of the studio during all the toxic shit is back. Um, and, uh, let me, let me read here. Um, Following the conclusion of the investigation, which was conducted by external firm Solarita Consulting, scavengers explained that while there are workplace behaviors that still require improvement, quote, the audit did not find the presence of systemic sexual or psychological harassment at the studio, which is in direct contradiction with the report by GameIndustry.biz, which spoke to many current and former employees of the studio that suggested it had a very, very toxic culture with behavior ranging from sexist remarks to physical groping in and out of the studio. Uh, and Dar- Darvo uh, specifically accused of having an affair with an employee and comparing themselves to, quote, dogs in heat to other staff at the studio. Um, 
I'm always partial to believe those sticking their necks out to accuse, uh, you know, people of toxic behavior and come forward with their stories. So I'm, I'm more likely to believe the developers in the situation. And I think it's safe to say I'm still not comfortable buying this game or giving the studio any money as long as these two um, alleged abusers are in charge. What do you think, Steve? Same. Same? Um, yeah, because what was it? it was moving forward, newly reinstated CEO LaMarche claimed the company will learn from the past and suggest scavengers had appeared to fail in certain areas because it neglected to have important conversations with its team. And I'm just, I'm just like, but mm. you were, but you were like, but now you're back reinstated. And if like there was no sexual misconduct or whatever, what, what are you learning from? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what was the, what was the evidence? If there was no evidence of it or whatever, and you're back in the helm, like, what do you have to learn from it? Where did you fail? Like what, be more specific. I think like <clears throat> if there was no, if there truly is no, um, if there truly was no like, you know, hints of sexual abuse and stuff from them and, mm -hmm. or that they've learned from it, like, I would want specifics, you know, it's just like having these like kind of PR statements. I didn't even like clue in. Yeah. I, Cause like you said, I forgot about it because mm -hmm. it was just before E3. This was um, strategic. The, the, announcing this like in the evening on, uh, and that's another thing. Yeah, a it was lot like of Friday night or something. It was Friday night before the biggest week in gaming news of the year. Yeah. They just slid this out. It's kind of uh, like when uh, Ubisoft just like posted like just before their like Ubisoft forward back in the day. In 2020. Like, here's like 20 games where we want you to buy. But before we show you all these 20 games, like, let's just talk about all the stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just like, whatever. I'm fine to move. Like, I don't need to purchase this game. Or there are too many amazing games coming out to spend your money and time on one. Led and benefiting um, allegedly toxic, abusive people. And now it's off my wish list. So get fucked, guys. Get fucked, guys. Uh, in, in another bit of um, unsavory news, uh, the French game group, Solida game group Solidaire Informatique, uh, based out of France, is asking Ubisoft Montreal uh, developers to come forward with stories as they're compiling uh, some sort of campaign to uh, sort of try to force change at Ubisoft. Uh, this comes after another game industry biz who's doing amazing reporting. Go follow them report that uh, Ubisoft quote has reportedly made minimal changes following abuse allegations in 2020 as legal proceedings are kickstarted. Internal sources point to a lack of accountability since reports of toxic culture last year. Uh, I've personally heard from multiple people either currently still at Ubisoft or have since left Ubisoft in the past year. It wasn't changing. And I believe those people. Um, quote, since the wave of accusations targeting Ubisoft's toxic culture, which also pointed to a serious dysfunction in its HR departments, the company has attempted to make changes, but the impact seems to be minimal, if any, at all. And so I would encourage anyone listening, if you have a story uh, and you're comfortable going forward, they promise anonymity. They promise they will not talk or about you or use any of your um, statements to them without your explicit consent um yeah go uh, uh this will be linked in the news in the show notes and uh their their statement at a solidaire it's a game uh workers union in france uh the cultural change proclaimed by ubisoft quote seems to have no hold at the montreal studio there 
We knew there was nothing to expect from the appointment of Christophe Derens as head of Canada. We are still disappointed. At least three managers are still working there despite multiple credible accusations of harassment or toxic behavior. During the last few months, several situations of harassment, sexist or racist comments have been reported to the Human Resource Department without anything being done. All that to say, uh, I want things to change. Uh, I want Ubisoft to be held accountable for seemingly decades of a toxic and abusive workplace uh, that put its workers in harm's way and knowingly shuffled around those abusers once it got too hot for them internally, kind of like the Catholic Church. And yeah, um, fuck Ubisoft, fuck abusers, and I think we'll uh, leave them off our coverage. Further notice, Steve. Mm-hmm. In, a, in in better news, uh, one one story I missed from E3: Dreamscaper, uh, partly developed by Afterburner Rob in Kingston, Ontario, uh, with a couple other developers in America, finally leaving early access on Steam, and the same day coming to the Nintendo Switch and Epic Games yeah. Store, August twelfth. So excited for this game, Steve. Uh, we streamed it uh, when it was first in early access last year, two years ago. It was a while ago. Um, and, and I want to highlight this tweet that you sent me uh, from Dreamscaper on Twitter. Uh, quote, Dreamscaper will launch with an incredibly high visual bar on the Nintendo Switch in August with an option to play in either 30 or 60 FPS mode. We worked our ass off optimizing and supporting both modes to look good and feel as responsive as possible. We hope you enjoy. That's super exciting. Yeah, 100%. This game looks dope. And the fact that it's coming to Switch now. Like day one for me, so mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, I like I, I, I did I play the demo? I can't remember if I played the demo or not, or just seen all the screenshots and stuff like that. But maybe you um, might have tuned in while I streamed it, maybe. But yeah, I uh, certainly have memories of the demo where that came from. I have no idea, but I think the um, demo is still on Steam. Let me see. I don't see a demo button actually, but um, early access. Hmm. That's okay. Yeah, it is, uh, for those of you who don't know, an action roguelike with a K. Oh, there's also tagged roguelite. What do they say? Mm, basically, there's this... Uh, oh, I forget the character's name. But um, when they uh, go to sleep, they enter the dreamscape, where uh, that's where like the, dun- the procedure-generated <coughs> levels and, and where you do all the combat and stuff happens. Uh, it's very, very pretty. And then when you wake up, there's sort of a overworld area where you're kind of developing social relationships, kind of like in Persona. You can spend your time at different locations with different people. And uh, that was what was really missing from the early access version I played. And much like with Persona, that's what I feel like I would be most interested in. So I'm very excited to see how that's uh, shaped, uh, uh, shaken out over development. They say rogue light. Light. Okay. Okay, good. Um, yeah, I, I very high on this game. Very excited. August fourteenth. Ooh, they say fourteenth, but I think in their tweet they say, "Oh no, it came out August fourteenth, twenty twenty. Wow, so they're hitting that like one year on the dot, almost two days. Good for them. Games are hard. Games are so hard, Steve. Uh, and it always helps when you have a publisher like two upcoming Canadian games. Uh, we've been covering on the site who both landed a publisher in Skybound Games. Um, Skybound Entertainment, of course, publishers, I think, of the Walking Dead games. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, their Twitter the account has, yeah. <laughs> Walking Dead stuff. Um, so the big con, 90s uh, con artist action adventure game from Mighty L in Toronto, as well as Curse of the Leviathan, 
uh, Rainbow Billy, which I think was inappropriately called a Cuphead copycat because it is mechanically and visually, I think, distinct enough from that game um, and is, is doing its own interesting things. Um, also developed in, no, developed in Quebec uh, are both coming from Skybound. So it's in, a lot of Canadian studios developing inroads with publishers like uh, Raw Fury published uh, uh, Backbone, and uh, I think they have a couple other Canadian games in the pipe. Finji's working on Tunic, uh, and they worked on Night in the Woods. Um, lots of lots of indie uh, publishers picking up Canadian talent, and I just want to highlight that. I'm excited for both of these games. Probably more so uh, the big con. No offense to Billy, but I, I'm a sucker for those well-written, funny action adventure kind of like point no it's like more of a point and click game sorry yeah i i'm i'm more excited for that one again no offense to the other one but uh just personally it's, it's my yeah. it's my time that's my yeah no that's like this this trailer is the the aol startup thing at the front for the studio logo like they know yeah and their booth at eglx i said before was so good like it just looked like a 90s basement it was awesome nice they know what they're doing uh, as for other news coming out, Radio Viscera, which we recently covered on Wishlist This, coming out July 13th. Uh, pretty stoked for this one. It's like a weird, um, oh, what do they call that physics? Ragdoll physics. Oh, you got to like push them into like blenders and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. remember that one. Uh, so that's coming out July 13th. I'm stoked for that one. Uh, as well as Raptor Boyfriend, a high school romance, uh, which we previously covered from Rocket Adrift Games in Toronto. It's coming out on July 15th. So both of those hitting the same week, good week for Canadian Indies. Uh, and do you have new content coming to Habraxia too, right, Steve? Not well, you, I just saw, but not me. yeah, I'm not doing it, but, <laughs> but, uh, I just saw on PSN profiles, there's new trophies added to Habraxia two. defeat the ancient archive, complete boost, rush mode, level two, complete new game plus plus. So I don't know. So there's new stuff coming out of Roxy too. I checked their Twitter and they just said like, uh, shout out to these people who worked on the new content. So I don't know what it is, but anyways, That's if you have high Roxy too, I enjoyed it. I played it on switch. It was fun. Um, then, uh, then you probably have some new stuff coming soonish by Lily Mo games in Guelph. Very close to where I grew up and where you went to school, right? Or yeah, I went to school. Uh, I went to school and worked in Guelph. Guelph rules. Shout out to Mike Green, first Green MP in Canadian history. Or I know. First I was, green I, MPP in Ontario history. Yeah, I was not surprised at all that Guelph was the first one. <laughs> a, strong, a strong Communist Party of Canada presence in Guelph, too. Shout out to my comrades. There you go. All right, Steve. That's it for the news and announcements, as well as releases. All that jazz. Uh, now let's move on to everyone's favorite segment, Wish List This. Uh, when I started on this show many moons ago, Steve and Brett, rest in peace, would frequently wish list games while we talked about them. I decided, hey, why not make it a segment? So every week I pick three upcoming Canadian-made games Steve has to add to his wish list right now to help out the developers and appease the almighty algorithm. All hail Gaben, whom we trust. First up, Steve, uh, Age of Empires 4 finally has a Steam page so you can wish list it. It will also be hitting Game Pass when it releases later this year on October 28th. Many people I've informed recent, I've been talking to recently when they were talking to me about Age of Empires, I'm like, that's me in Canada. And they're like, what? And I was like, Relic Games, Vancouver. So I don't think people realize that uh, Age of Empires 4 will be 
one of the biggest Canadian releases of the year, arguably. Yeah, probably. Uh, quote, one of the most beloved real-time strategy games returns to glory with Age of Empires 4, putting you at the center of epic historical battles that shape the world. All right, still your role, Relic. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you can say returns to glory till it comes out. That's uh, something I'll leave the, the press to decide. But uh, yes, this is the first Age of Empires game in a long time. Yeah, I think Age of Empires 3... Man, I was in elementary school. Age of Empires... Oh, it wasn't on Steam yet. Age of Empires three came out two thousand five. So this is the this is the next Age of Empires game in sixteen years. Also October eighteenth. Wait a minute. Are these hitting the same day sixteen years apart? No. Uh Age of Empires four is twenty eighth. So sixteen years and ten days later, uh Age of Empires four hitting Steam as well as Xbox Game Pass <coughs> on PC. What do you think, Steve? Do you play Joe Empires? Uh, I had friends that f- played this shit nonstop in high school. Um, mm. I've never been an RTS person, like Command and Conquer, Warcraft, Age of Empires. Never really been my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, so I probably, you know, the, we always say like Game Pass, easy to like just pick and play. But mm-hmm. you know, if, if there, I got other games I'd want to play. So I probably will be skipping this one. But I'll be interested to see how it does. Just mm-hmm. as a return, like just as the fan, like yeah, just the return of it, fifteen years later. Uh, it's it's, pretty, it's, big. it's pretty cool. So, uh, co-developed by Relic, I want to say uh, they're also working with World's Edge, who's not a Canadian studio. Uh, by the way, a if campaign. You pre- Sorry, go ahead. If you pre-order it on Steam, you get the Age of Empires Two Definitive Edition. Oh, the huh. expansion pass is a free bonus in August twenty twenty one. That's so, that's a nice bonus. So check out it on Steam. Apparently, you get. I think you get the expansion pass for Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition. Not gotcha. So you have to have Age of Empires 2 already. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure if you're pre-ordering Age of Empires 4, you're probably a fan of Age of Empires. Age of Empires 2, I think, was like the fan favorite one. Like My friend Sean's really into Age of Empires games, and he talks very highly of Age of Empires 2. I had one of them on DS. That I oh, really? Of. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing, actually. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was great. Um and I watched uh, Xbox after their uh, press conference at E3, kind of did like a couple hours of talking to developers about the games. They had someone come up to talk about Age of Empires 4. They teased a Rise of Moscow campaign I think I might be interested in, just from a historical buff there perspective. You go. So, yeah, I'm totally going to check this out on Game Pass. Uh, my, my friend is going to play with me and kick my ass, and, and I'll see if I can restore Moscow to its former glory. The only time I ever played an online uh, RTS, it was Command and Conquer, and this was like in two, Command and Conquer Two Red Alert, which is the one that you would love because it's the communists like coming yes. over. Yes, is that the um, one with the, all the memes from the actors who are like real people in it? Yeah, cutscenes, good. Yeah, and there's like a cutscene where like uh, the what's the blimp with the air? No, <laughs> uh, the... Hindenburg. Yeah, though, like though that's a that's a trap that's a thing for them, and it comes in. It's like. Uh, all red and shit and it's like above the uh, oh not Hin- the no. zeppelin like a zeppelin yeah so oh, yeah okay hindenburg-, hindenburg was a specific zeppelin that had yes. an unfortunate uh, accident yeah so um i only played that online like once or twice and i got fucking smoked every time um and i never played online and then i was just like these games are dumb and then i just <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome playing. that's how you gotta do it uh if you're not immediately good at something uh uninstall it 
Yeah, um, exactly. Exactly. Friends of the site, longtime uh, supporters, Phantom Compass. Oh, Steve, I didn't even ask. Is oh, Age yeah. of Empires 4 by Relic Entertainment in Vancouver on your Steam wish list? Yes, it is. Excellent. Microsoft Next, doesn't need our help, but still. No, they don't, but I don't know. It's, it's going to be one of the biggest Canadian releases of the year, so I'm pretty excited for it. That's fair. Friends of the show, Phantom Compass, have announced a sequel to Rollers of the Realm, Rollers of the Realm colon Reunion, yeah. coming out 2022, quote, Flip, dash, bounce, and battle through an epic campaign starring five pinball heroes with unique stats, physics, and upgrades. Arcade action meets RPG progression and skill mastery as you confront an ancient power and rekindle forgotten alliances. I did not play Rollers of the Realm 1. Um, oh, it's good. It's great. Say, but did you? You you are a fan? <laughs> yeah, I play on PlayStation or forget where it was but yeah because it's it's the mashup of like pinball and rpg so it's, mm-hmm. it's just like it was just sweet it was just cool you know like what other rpg pinball games are there like there's not can't name one <laughs> so it was it was just cool and it had a good sense of like um like humor and stuff to it too it's good good vibes from that game so this looks I'm, gorgeous too watching the yeah. trailer on steam yeah they've they've upped the art on this one for sure man yeah this looks great and then there's like so there's the traditional like paddles on like the traditional arc uh, tape or um, pinball machine view where there's like a slight incline towards you. But then I'm seeing in this trailer that there's like 2D sections where the the paddles are like uh, it's almost like a platformer and the paddles like <laughs> flip up and you you seem to be tilting kind of like the whole level. So it looks like there's going to be much more than your traditional pinball machines in this one, which is interesting mm. to me. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very excited to check this out. Oh yeah, yeah I'm seeing that now. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard to describe, but um, more than your traditional perspective for a pinball game in this one, it looks like. Uh, yeah, this looks dope. This looks funny. This looks absurd, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, they say 2022, but they also say follow us to get notified. Uh, fresh spin on pinball. Join the rogue knight mage healer on an epic campaign to travel between worlds and reunite lost civilizations. To battle an unearthed ancient menace. There's also a puppy, so that's cool. I love that. And yeah, I assume you'll be able to pet it at some point. Better. You don't really control the characters, though. Gotta pet oh. it with the ball or something? I don't know. You <laughs> launch the pinball at, an, at a ladder, and the pinball just goes up the ladder, and then keeps... Oh, man, that's funny. This pet looks great. The, pet the dog or bust, Phantom Compass. It's true. Let us pet the dog. Steve, I have to ask, is Rollers of the Realm Reunion on your Steam wish list? Yes, it is. Excellent. Last game today on Wish List This. Steve, I stretched that out because I have to write down the timestamp every time. I'm sure people are well aware of that by now. Pico by Kitten Cup Studio, winner of the Ubisoft Indie Series Powered by National Bank finalist funding thing. Uh, It was in the Wholesome Direct this year. Uh, I've been hopping over to their server, hanging out, chatting. Um... They have a lovely little community over there. Uh, they had a big tea party this weekend, Steve, where people got in video call and all uh, drank tea while they played a demo of their game and kind of talked about it. So they're building something pretty, pretty, pretty special over there. Mm-hmm. And the game, for those of you who don't know, let me read the official pitch here. Blend. I'm not going to do that. You can't. It's too cute to do the movie theater. Uh, trailer voice uh, blend tea and friendship in the flavor for world of Pico, a cozy cat filled tea making simulator about taking the time for self-care and connecting with what makes you happy. Build relationships, upgrade your tea house, and discover new recipes as you work towards creating a place that you can call home. Wow. 
That's a great pitch. It's adorable. If I was more tired, that would that would choke me up. Um, <laughs> as the newest resident and tea house owner in in town, you learn everything there is to harvesting, preparing, and serving tea. The, yeah, this game looks very particular in its uh, tea making process too. Like you're like tugging leaves off of a, a very um, narrow like little shrub thing and then you're sort of like blending the matcha with the the stir cup thing pouring it and like serving it to people looks like there'll be loads of different tea sets upgrades to your kitchen uh and then a lot of the relationship stuff between you and the other cats in the town seems to be a a core part of the experience too i love this one pitch from tea house to tea home starting a new life in an old tea house can come with its own challenges but it's nothing a bit of fresh paint hard work and a few cups of tea can't fix Upgrade and customize your tea house with your own choice of decor and unlock new items for the townsfolk to help in your tea-making endeavors. Aw. This is cute. Man. I hate tea, Steve. It's dirt water as far as yeah. I'm concerned. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I will play this game 100%. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm not a big tea person either, but uh, I'm a well, cat person. congrats. Though, so. You walked outside and grabbed some leaves and shoved them in hot water. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I used to do that as a kid. <laughs> uh no, that's mean, but it's just a good joke. I think I do like cats, though. So I, I love cats. Uh, I went to a cat cafe once, but it kind of just smelled like kitty litter everywhere, and the food wasn't very good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we talked about this. Did we? We must have talked about this game before, because yeah, we talked about that. And but I went in. I went to a cat cafe in Japan, and it was awesome. I I assume the caliber of cat cafe in Japan would be better than Guelph, Ontario. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Um, good. And uh, I don't know, cats are sweet, so. I like iced tea. Maybe there's iced tea in this game. Maybe. I just I just like sugar, actually. I don't even like iced tea, so. <laughs> Is there a Coke Zero? Coke Zero and Cat Cafe. That'd be good. I'd be down with that. That's the final thing you unlock. You actually... This is how... <laughs> this is the history of the Coca-Cola Corporation. It started as a humble tea cat house. Exactly. Uh, Steve, I have to ask. Is Pico... Oh, that's a type of tea. I just got that. Uh, wow. Releasing 2022 from Kitten Cup Studio in Toronto, Ontario, on your Steam wish list. Yes, it is. That is it for wish list this this week. Thank you so much, everyone, for adding these games to your wish list. It really helps the developers. Follow them for updates. And if you want us to talk about your game and add it to our wish list, please get it to us. Uh, I put out calls for games on Twitter, hop on our Discord and share it. Uh, I, I'm always harvesting wish list Steam pages. Or not even Steam. We've done Epic pages, Game Jolt pages, Itch.io pages. If there is somewhere someone can add or follow your game to help you, we want to be there. <sighs> Let's close out the show this week talking about what we've been playing, Steve. Uh, uh, last weekend uh, for E3's Steam Next Fest thing, there were a whole bunch of demos on Steam and Xbox. Uh, I took an afternoon last Sunday, streamed three Canadian games. I think the only three, as far as I could tell. I could be wrong. Canadian games that were part of the ID at Xbox demo event. Um, so I'll tell you a bit about those. First, I played Echo Generation, the next yeah. game from Coco Cucumber Go. <clears throat> Steve, this game looks gorgeous. Um, it's, for those of you who don't know, kind of a... Uh, cla- it's like a it's turn-based... Yeah, it's, R- game. it's RPG, isn't RPG it? game, yeah. Uh, set in uh, 90s... Looks like rural Ontario town. You know, you're watching hockey, there's... Uh, you got the Canada flag on your hat. Um, it, it, I don't know if they specify the town. I might have missed that. But it just felt like small town Ontario in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, which I assume is drawing on the developers, uh, a lot of their experiences. Um, 
part of another trend, as we mentioned, of games set in the 90s, as people in the 90s are now old enough to fund their own games, like uh, the big mm. con. Uh, the game takes sort of two... There's two avenues to it. There's sort of the uh, walk around, solve puzzles, uh, get an item to get a new item to get the next item you need to get out of the area. Um, very, very minimal puzzle solving in the demo. Like I had to open a, a safe and there were just like two posters in the room that had two numbers on it and I put them together. Um, it's not, not a whole lot challenging there. Uh, the tasks were kind of like fest fetch questy uh and like it was just like oh i need this thing and i'm gonna stay here till you go get it and bring it back to me um so not a whole lot uh there really appealed to me but i was a huge fan of the writing in this game i think it's i think it's pretty funny there's a clearly a uh burgeoning romance between you and one of the other characters that I, i'm very excited to see play out and the combat is really the meat of the game. Uh, the first fight I had was with a raccoon digging in the garbage can in front of my house. So very Toronto. And you have like a set of cards that have attacks on them. And uh, some of the cards to use the attack, you have to like hit a series of buttons before a timer runs out, like X, X, B, A, Y, B or something. And mm-hmm. if you mess up, the attack does less damage. Some of them just do a set amount of damage, but you can uh, like a circle closes kind of like a QTE. And if you hit at the right moment, the attack does more damage. You build out a party, which at the start, or I guess for the entirety of the demo was just me and my little sister who uh, kicks ass. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm really there for the writing, the gorgeous voxel art style. And the sort of tease at the end of the demo is uh, an alien ship crashes in a nearby cornfield and sort of begins to mutate and unleash things onto the town. It felt very, very Stranger Things, Steve. Mm. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes, as well as the relationships between some of these characters. Nice. I'm, I'm pretty excited for this. I was going on their Twitter to see if I could see what town it was in. And they have uh, their pinned tweet is... Uh, did you know this Twitter account? Can you pet the dog? Yes. And they, they basically now uh, answer if you can pet the dog in, uh, in, in it, but it says not yet. <laughs> no, yeah, you go to pet him, and the dog is actually like, uh, it's kind of self-aware, and you have this funny conversation with the dog where he's like, I don't know you. Why, why would I let you pet me? And I'm like, fair, <laughs> fair enough. You know what? We did just meet. Um, so that, that was funny, and uh, I assume there'll be some funny also fetch quests related to that dog in the future that helps me pet it yeah no this looks uh this looks sweet is it a game pass day one game Ooh, i don't know it was part of the id at xbox thing but that's not a guaranteed game pass uh... i think it was announced for other platforms though uh echo generation press kit the uh first game was on uh, or their first game sorry uh river bond uh was that on... was um yeah, that was on Game Pass. Um, Echo Generation is coming to Xbox Series XS limited time exclusivity. So it looks like it'll just be on that first. But as far as Game Pass... Yeah, I'm not seeing it. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I feel yeah. like if it was, it would be kind of really up in the up in our mm. face. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Set to release sometime in 2021. Uh, I loved that. Uh, I'll tr- I could uh, actually download that um, stream and toss it up on YouTube. People want to watch us play through it. Uh, the next game I played was Princess Farmer by Sam Ob Games in British Columbia. Actually, Sam Ob hopped into the chat while we were playing and was answering questions and giving us some advice. Uh, nice. Very nice. Lovely to chat with Sam Ob. Um, this game, Steve, how to describe it? It's uh, sort of like a real-time 
puzzle game in the vein of something like uh, Tetris Attack, except you're not really flipping spaces. There's uh, columns of vegetables, and you're at the top, uh, and you can pick up up to five vegetables and put down five vegetables into a column, and you're basically within the dirt under you trying to line up either diagonally, horizontally, uh, three or more vegetables of the same type um, is the best way I could describe it. And uh, there's all sorts of different like challenges going on at the same time. So like sometimes you need to harvest several of a specific type of vegetable to meet a demand, or uh, you need to um, harvest a uh, certain amount of vegetables, a certain amount of time, stuff like that. Or uh, you get rocks in the ground and the only way to destroy a rock is to pick up another rock and drop it onto a rock. And then it will like chain any rock under it. Mm-hmm. I was really bad at it, and I also didn't know it was co-op. And Tori actually hopped on while we were streaming my girlfriend, and we played together, and we had a great time. Like, re- I, I think we both genuinely had a really fun time with this game. Um, it'll have sort of like a puzzle version of the game where, you know, there's a, maybe a certain number of moves or some of those other challenges I was talking about. And what wasn't in the Xbox demo, but uh, the developer told me is in the Steam demo, is like an action version of it where it's just go as fast as possible, just like get matches, um, kind of like match land or something like that yeah cool um yeah and then the context for the game is there's these magical princess bunnies uh who live in this forest and they something nefarious is going on in the woods and you're trying to get to the bottom of it and you've been endowed with magical abilities there's going to be a lot of bunny customization and steve Safe to say, I think this game will do very, very well with the furry community. <laughs> powerful, powerful community. Too. A very powerful community. The <laughs> amount of customization options in this game is absurd. From like your dresses, your hair dyes. The 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 bunny who owned the shop was also hilarious. Uh, yeah, a lot of the writing in this game is also really solid. So that's Princess Farmer from Sam of the Games in Vancouver. And the last demo I played was, of course, probably. Another one of the biggest Canadian uh, games whenever it comes out, Tunic, mm-hmm. which, Steve, I didn't realize is a Souls-like. When you die, oh, really? all your money drops where you died. You respawn. It's literally a fire you light. You respawn at the fire. Um, all the enemies reset every time you, you light a new fire. But the thing Tunic is doing is it combines that with, like, Zelda 1 uh open world dungeons um and aesthetic like it's it's aping it's aping zelda really hard you have a green tunic hence it's called tunic you have the wood shield with the red cross in it you have the master sword which isn't the master sword and the best part steve which i think you might appreciate is all these little details like when you pause the game the game like shrinks out a bit and then suddenly it's on like a crt tv like four by three yeah and then a a like NES box instruction manual opens up in front of the player, like folds open and you're actually looking through the manual for like the controls page is laid out like a controls page in an old NES uh, game. Um, The world, a lot of the world building in the game is also done through like these illustrations and like descriptions of levels and stuff. And your map is also done that way. Uh, The attention to detail in this game is absurd. Um, And it's very obviously trying to like, uh, you know, call back to that style in a way that people who grew up on those games will appreciate while also doing a lot of different things with the gameplay, hence the soulsness of it. And it feels like a much more forgiving souls experience. There's different like uh, shortcuts. There's a lot more shortcuts you can open up 
as you progress through dungeons, like you drop these bridges or clear a shrub and, and mm-hmm. you can get to where you died faster. Um, so yeah, I'm not huge on souls games, but the art style, um, the, it's also got, did you play, um, uh, Fez? No, I never actually played Fez. So in Fez, there's sort of like this meta puzzle that took a while for people to solve where there's all these runes scattered around and you would uh, collect those up and, and try and like unlock like the true ending or whatever. I, I never did it. But all throughout this game, like a lot of the, the prompts when like you pick something up is just in runes. Like I picked up the sword and it was just like this text block of runes I didn't understand. And I was like, oh, I mean, I know I just picked up the sword, but like that's gibberish to me. And it's a lot of that like throughout the game or throughout the demo that I assume is probably like actual runes that the community will translate and figure out eventually and and uncover other secrets about the game. Yeah. Yeah. So Tunic did not expect it to be a souls like despite, um, watching demos and stuff for so long. Uh, but yeah, it still doesn't have a release time. No, they signed with Finji recently and then it used to be called secret legend and they changed their name to Tunic I think I put this on my most anticipated games list in like 2017. Like, um, also developed in Halifax. Yeah, I was just going to say, shout out to uh, Dicey. Uh, I went to and listened to a talk he gave uh, at a developer meetup here. Very smart guy, insightful, and uh, clearly paying attention to the details. Yes. Cool. What did you play this week, Steve? Uh, what did I play? So Chivalry Two, picked that up. Uh, whenever it came out, I forget. And uh, I'm terrible at this game, but it's it's really really good. I, did you ever play the Chivalry games? Or? I did not. I saw I, like I see clips and stuff in like Kotaku highlight reel and stuff, but yeah, it's it's so it's like a you know it could be first or third person, but it's it's like medieval you know medieval team deathmatch or whatever, or like mm-hmm. a, a like Overwatch how you're like there's goals. And each sort of thing, like you're storming the castle. And stuff yeah, like, like that. push the ramp up to the wall, get over the wall, take the town square. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. So, and then there's just like a deathmatch one. So, like the subreddit has been kind of describing this as like a ten out of ten in terms of gameplay, but like five out of ten in terms of like everything else. And mm. I kind of agree with it. Like the gameplay is really, really fun. Like you, there's the four classes and archer and, and all that stuff, and and the different maps and things like that. It's solid. And it's really, really fun. Like. To get on a one-on-one battle, like is, is pretty sick, but then it's like kind of bogged down by sort of just kind of weird stuff. Like you can't really like, you just like say you play, you can't like put in any sort of uh, like wants or anything like of what mode you want to play or anything like that. It just throws you into the mix. Mm. Um, you can't queue you, up for like a specific mode. No, and so because there's deathmatch and there's like the siege stuff. Mm-hmm. So you can't like just focus on one of them, um, and there's there is like subclasses to all the, the there's like four classes and then there's different weapons and stuff like that that you level like kind of quote unquote level up and I think it's just like ranking level up and there's cosmetics but you can't see that outside of a game you have to you can only see it like in a game and then outside you can see like kind of the overall like class so like you can get all your cosmetics and stuff but you can't mm-hmm. see like one level below that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was having some network issues, but they've seemed to kind of fix that now. I just had yeah, that in the first week. They tweeted out that first day that PlayFab, the service they used, was going down, and it was just overwhelmed with players. Yeah, I, don't, I think it even like carried on a few days after the release, because I didn't play it the day of. I played it like a day or two afterwards. Um, 
but so the 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 feeling on the subreddit, and I kind of agree with it, is a, it's a little bit of an early, like it has an early accessy feel to it. Um, but in at like in general, it's like it's also like a forty dollar game, so it kind of I don't know. And I'm really enjoying it. It's it's a lot of fun. I'm fucking awful at it though. I'm so bad at it. <laughs> I lose all the time. Thankfully, the matches are big enough that like I'm not the sole reason we're losing, but I'm definitely contributing. I'm a net negative more than, <laughs> than anything. They do have a, a Trello for their roadmap too. So there's a there's supposed to be a nice patch uh, coming up. Oh, and actually another big thing that people are complaining about that hasn't really bothered me is is you can't do cross platform parties. Huh. So there's there's cross platform play, mm-hmm. and it seems like a lot of people are on PC because it shows a little icon of where they're from or whatever. But you mm-hmm. can't like create parties across platform. But that hasn't. I haven't created. I like. I haven't played with. I, no one else I know has this game. Right. I know a few people in the Discord are like, "Oh, I might pick it up." But I think Aaron has mentioned it. But Aaron, we, could, yeah. we can't play. We can't play with each other yet until they Aaron has that. a PS5. Oh, that's right. Get on PS5. Aaron. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, it's it's pretty sweet though. It's it's fun. And I, I this is coming from someone who never played the first one. Too, right. So I don't know. I can't compare it to like if it's different at all to the first one. But it's it's really really good and. Um, I'm, enjoy- I'm enjoying it. The clips are hilarious, Steve. I watched in one of the most recent uh, highlight reels. The the guy left Kotaku, so now it's just called Highlight Reel. But uh, this this guy was being chased by like three or four of the other team, and he was by himself. And he like ran up the stairs, turned around, and one of them like threw their sword at him, and he like stepped to the side, picked up the sword, and then looked up and threw it at this bundle of boxes above them, and it fell, crushed the first two, rolled down the stairs, crushed the other two, and the guy just sort of stood there at the top of the stairs like huh <laughs> sick <laughs> yeah there's some great humor in the game like if you get your arm chopped off or anything like that you're you don't die but you get a little like a you get like a little kind of achievement notification it's not really achievement just like a text comes up just says tis but a scratch <laughs> that's um, from uh, uh holy Girl. monty python yeah what are you gonna do bleed on me <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there's stuff like that and apparently there's a gore mode that you can turn off Ooh, and apparently if you turn it off, if you behead someone, their head immediately turns into a cabbage. As well. That's funny. So there's some good. There's some good humor to the game too, and like there's catapults and stuff too. And so me and this completely random person were trying to launch each other like on a catapult and just flew into the side of the building and died. And I was like, oh, I, I don't know why I didn't expect. <laughs> yeah, that's how that would go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I expected something different. That's awesome. Um, it's pretty good though. It's it's really really fun. Another game that I played was The Persistence, and I kind of did this game dirty because it it was a VR first person sci fi roguelike. Right, you have your Oculus set up now. No, so I'm playing it on PS5 though. So oh, okay. It was it started. I bought it on sale as a PS a PSVR and yeah, single player first person roguelite game. Mm-hmm. Um, I never played it. Never got a chance to play in it. it. They came out with like a PS4 like flat screen version or whatever. I never mm-hmm. played that. That was free. And then they just recently patched it with the Enhanced Edition for PS5 for free. Mm-hmm. So I bought this game like four years ago, like on sale. And I have like three different versions of it. But I finally played it. And it, it's 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 fi- It's like fine. I'm, you and I, I think, are both kind of not feeling like roguelike. Like we're kind of getting burnt out a little bit. I'm certainly am getting burnt out a little bit by roguelikes and roguelites. So. I'm wanting, I'm leaning more towards like deliberate authored experiences that like we want this to happen this way more than like 
you can play this a, a thousand hours and it'll be different every time. Yeah, like I'd much rather just wish this game was like a four-hour like single-player story of of like basically you seem to be on this ship that mm-hmm. is for whatever reason filled with monsters and you're trying to figure it out and there's a black hole and all this shit. Like I'd much Classic. rather just I'd rather just play like a four or five-hour adventure of that of just a first-person like shooter or whatever. But you gotta stretch it out and I understand that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just kind of like I I liked it. I don't know like how much I'll go back to it, but the game I am like really, really digging right now is Scarlet Nexus, which is an action RPG that came out on Friday. Steve and said in the discord quote, my current game of the year. Yeah. I think it's passing medium. I think was like my previous one, but like this game is so fucking good. Like it's action RPG similar to like tales, the tales of series. Um, but the combat is just like way more, uh, like deep like in terms of like what you can do and and all that stuff and like Mm -hmm. you can combine powers with your comrades and you can like everyone has like uh you have like telekinesis power so you can like chuck like buses and shit at enemies and i love chucking buses and you just have your normal like you know sword attacks and stuff like that and the story just started like like i was i wasn't really i was the world is cool it's like a neo sci-fi futuristic tokyo um and there's like these others that are kind of just like these aliens that just sort of fuck shit up. And you're like part of this like specific army that is to take out the others. And at the same time, the others came, like everyone started to get these like different powers. Like there's like a pyro girl and electricity and all that stuff, all those tropes. Mm-hmm. And um, the last cutscene I just had really like, I was just like, Oh shit. Like, so it, I don't know. I, I, I'm getting hyped by this game. Like it's really, really good. And um, it kind of like, I love the Tales of series, but it's been a while since like a good one kind of came out. Mm. And so it's kind of, it's fitting that like mold of, of just like Tales of series have always been sort of more fantasy and like heart lighthearted. And this is like much more darker and, and, uh, and uh, I think like the story seems to be trending a little bit deeper than, than the typical Tales of stuff, which was always every Tales of series game was always just like there's dual worlds. So like what you do in one world is like affecting the other or some, something along those lines. Mm. So, I'll be interested to see if Scarlet Nexus does the same thing, but it's pretty sweet. And uh, yeah, I'm like five, six hours into it. And apparently it's only like 20, 25 hours long because there's two, you could play as two different characters. And I guess like it's sort of a Resident Evil 2 situation where the, it's like similar but different kind of play styles or Dude, play, uh, play through. I picked the guy. Uh. Yeah. If there's a guy and a girl. I'll pick the guy first and the girl second. I don't know. I didn't really put much thought into it, to be honest. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I've heard nothing but great things. They talked about it on Waypoint Radio this past week, and everyone was really high on it. And yeah, uh, they, they said that it is like uh, you have to be down for that like anime tropey character stuff because if yeah. you do like that, this will like really deliver on that. Yeah, like I've watched a decent amount of anime, and basically, like the the powers thing is basically like my my hero academia, where everyone mm-hmm. has their quirks and stuff like that, and. Um, apparently there is an anime coming like in the summer. I got like, there's like, a, there's like a little ad in the game box or whatever. It's like coming summer 2021 to fun, fun animation. I'm like, ah, I won't watch that, but, <laughs> um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's fucking, it's sweet. <laughs> it's That's so awesome. I'm, I'm kind really, of a sleeper, really, huh? Just sort of snuck out and seems to be getting rave reviews. Yeah. I think, has there been like a JRPG? Oh, I guess Final Fantasy VII Remake, just the, the DLC came out. So Yeah, yeah it came know. to PS5. And then um, Persona Strikers was earlier this year. And 
Probably other ones. I don't follow the genre very well. I know Monster Hunter Stories 2, which I didn't know was a turn-based RPG, is coming out soon. I played the demo for that on Switch, and I was like, oh, shit, it's a Monster Hunter game, but not like not a Monster Hunter game. It's a yeah. turn-based RPG. And I was like, yeah. this looks... Play plays sweet. I might, I might pick that one up, but we'll see. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah. Yeah, aside from those streams, uh, I beat Ratchet this week. It's gorgeous. It's amazing. It's everything I wanted. I beat it on the hardest difficulty. And, like, usually when I start a game nowadays, I, like, look at normal, and then I look at easy, and I'm like, oh, I kind of want to just breeze through this. But I'm like, I've played every Ratchet & Clank game. I'm pretty good at 3D action platformers. So I just dropped it all the way. There's, like, six or seven difficulties. Dropped it all the way down to the bottom one. And aside from a couple boss fights, I kind of just blew through it on the hardest difficulty. And You know that TikTok sound where you're just like, am I better than everyone? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was me. By the end of this game, I was like, holy... This is either either this hard difficulty is like not hard, or I am really good at Ratchet and Clank. I've heard it's I've heard it's pretty easy. Have there been um have there been patches? Because you were posting some videos of this, so, and I've seen people complain about like just visual graphics. Yeah, audience. I encountered a lot of graphical bugs. Uh, I have like probably twenty or thirty clips saved. I again want to put into a video, and because because whenever I talk about that, people like, oh, I didn't have an issue. I'm like, all right, here's my video, but um. Uh, yeah, I encountered a lot of graphical bugs, never anything that affected, well, there were a couple times like enemy projectiles kind of got like stuck moving really slowly towards you, which <laughs> kind of made it a little easier. Uh, yeah, so it, it's pretty buggy, especially coming off, um, well, actually I did encounter bugs in Miles Morales. Yeah, my, 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 ver- my, my copy of Miles Morales, like basically brick, like my save file is useless. Oh man. Yeah. That's Cause, not Cause Miles Morales, I, I think I told the story, but like basically I beat the game and then there was like a few trophies that you had to do in specific missions. So I went mm-hmm. to do the one mission, the very first one, and you had to run Rhino through like certain things in the mall or whatever. And I got mm-hmm. that trophy. I left the mission. And then when I came back into the open world, I was miles. Like I was the, the, the non Spider-Man version of miles. I couldn't <laughs> swing. I couldn't do oh, anything. Man. I could only run. Oh. So I was like, what the fuck? So I, I was like, maybe I had to die. So I ran to like a, like a, a uh, a crime and they shot and killed me and then i i spawned on top of like a church like doing the spider-man perch but i was still miles morales that's hilarious and, and i or miles and i couldn't move and i was like well this is completely useless so i did the next mission trophy and then i just like luckily i had done all the other stuff and i just played replayed the game on hard or whatever i forget there was a reason you had to do two playthroughs i forget why yeah um so like my game like my save file was like completely useless i didn't encounter anything in ratchet to that extent it was pretty much all visual and kind of funny um yeah well remember the bugs in miles was like people were swinging as like trees and stuff yeah like that? people were spawning in as objects yeah oh man yeah and i'm remembering that now uh it wasn't there wasn't anything that bad and i honestly loved i loved it and the story steve is really really good like Man, it's like I would put it up there with some of your like your favorite Pixar movies. Like the the story and the arcs and the relationships between the two new characters they introduce, uh, Rivet and uh, Kit and Ratchet and Clank. Um, it's like it's up there like my favorite Pixar stories. Like really, and they've kind of reached Pixar quality animation now. And um, again, those load time stuff is really what they're selling as far as like why is this an next gen game and it does load pretty fast. Uh, so yeah, big fan of Ratchet. Um, I also played another game called Phantom Abyss, which got announced during E3 and like available now. 
I don't know if I if we talked about this one, Steve. The pitch is it's it's essentially like kind of first person uh, Indiana Jones first Ooh. scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark, where you're going into a temple, get the idol at the end. Uh, but it is procedurally generated, Steve. But every level will only ever be beaten by one person. Only one person plays it at a time. If you die, your path through the temple becomes a ghost for the next player. And if you win, you get out of the temple or it seals. And now you are the only person who beat that level. Oh, the, the, the pitch is really compelling. And I, I played last night for like an hour or two until I beat my first temple, got out. And uh, I was like, wow, that was great. Um, And the thing is the ghosts from other players still interact with things. So if you're just chasing a ghost around and that ghost slides under something, which triggers a pressure plate, which pulls spikes out of the wall, that will kill you if you're behind them. So you can't just like follow a ghost throughout. Like you can like observe them and like pressure plates and stuff reset. But if you straight up, I'm just going to follow this one until where they die and then keep going. Like if they interact with, like if they also, if they go open a chest, that gold stays with them. Um, You have to get to that chest first. It's a really interesting pitch. The tech is working for me. Like everything's functional. There's like a developer note at the beginning. Like we disabled the sharing. You, You could share like if you lost a level, you could copy a code, send it to somebody and then they could, queue up to play it next um that got disabled apparently it was really buggy but um other than that I'm, I'm really digging it there's a the main way you platform is like there's a whip you can use to like trigger plates or stop things rolling towards you or like grab a ledge and pull yourself up to it yeah i just I'm watched the trailer it. and actually there's someone streaming right now on steam and it looks pretty sweet that's such a cool concept so right like, but if you beat a level like can you ever go back to it or is nope. it just lost? The temple forever? seals, you got the idol, no one will ever play that level again. Do you ever get to see do you ever do you get to see like how many levels you beat and stuff? Like so there's a, like a there's like an idol room. Currently, I think that this is part of the roadmap. I'm not hundred percent sure. They want like kind of like a leaderboard thing for the level, or like uh uh when you go to view that idol, it's like you beat this level, this many people didn't beat it, or something like that. But none of that is currently in the game. Right. Yeah, I'm 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 really Really digging Phantom of Phantom Abyss. Cool. Uh, I know we're running a little bit late, but I do want to kind of shit on Mario Golf because. Uh... Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I got Mario Golf. I'm a huge fan of Mario Golf. I loved the N64 one. I, I honestly dusted it off last December and played like a week of it. I loved Toadstool Tour on the GameCube. I loved uh, World Tour on the 3DS, and the showing at E3 for Super Rush was really compelling. And it's not great, Steve. It, it, the, the problems, I would argue, are, are two-pronged. First, the content in the game is extremely limited. Uh, similar complaints for like when Super Mario Party came out on Switch, yeah. where there's like really only like four or five courses, I think. And it was, one, it was once four, and they're those, tiny. They are. They're, they're four. Oh, in a Mario Party, yeah, there were four boards you could play on. And then in... Uh, Mario Golf Super Rush. It looks like there's five, uh, 18 hole courses. Um, the other thing that's could be a nitpick, but I, I've gotten some validation from the Discord. There are lots of places in this game. For those of you who don't know, in Mario Golf, the Super Rush, the new gimmick is instead of like normal golf games where you take your shot and then teleport to the next spot and take your shot. Once you take your shot, all the golfers start like sprinting to their next spot. You can like body each other. You can use special abilities. Um, and you want to get the benefit of doing that though. Like what's the point of um, getting if, to your ball first? Um, so 
you have abilities you can use that can mess up other people. So like bob for example, when he launches his bomb, you can set like uh, everyone whose ball is around you will just get blown up and like shot in wild direction. So if you land on the fairway and then King bob launches his and lands, it'll like shoot you into the rough or a, a bunker. Mm, okay. um, yeah, but there are areas in the levels where like it looks like my character should be able to fit through. The, the gap between two rocks or two things is like, double the width of my character and you're just running into an invisible wall and it's so frustrating in a game where it's supposed to be about like speed and like not platforming but like it is a game about moving through a 3d environment efficiently and you and can't jump right and you you can jump um oh. uh but like i shouldn't have to jump over nothing like if there's a gap in a wall and i want to just run through it yeah, there's lots of spots where I'm getting stuck on things, and uh, yeah, even just looking at these trees and these flowers and stuff, yes, I'm just like, yeah. this game looks like shit. Like it's this... some it's some PS2 yeah. level backgrounds, trees. Uh, the textures on some of the characters look really bad, Steve. Like, look up Donkey Kong in game. Uh, the other thing is like every time you approach a new hole, you know how like the camera pans over the hole from like a, a great distance to like show you the lay of it that camera pan out has all the trees and buildings like popping in like really noticeably along the edges of the green in a way that I'm like, someone had to look at this and see everything popping in. And I would have just like, ah, we shouldn't have this pan over camera thing. Cause it just looks horrible. Like trees, buildings, grass is all like popping in very visibly while the camera pans over the hole before you play it. I'm disappointed. Uh, I would not recommend anyone buy this game uh, at the moment. Yeah. Alright, well, yeah. <laughs> good. Thanks for saving me uh, $80 or whatever the fuck games are cost now. I want to play it with friends because that is my favorite experience with every golf game, so going through the adventure mode probably is not enjoyable, but I might be able to squeeze something out of playing the adventure, or playing the like just normal golf with some friends. So This is where Nintendo's annoying as fuck, right? Because I would, pl- would want to pick this up, but like on a discount, but... Pff, It'll never go on sale. Never goes the most any of these games go on sales like fifty bucks, and that's like two years from now. So I'm just like, mm-hmm. well, I'm just never gonna play it unless the other the other alternative is someone like gifts it to me. Right? Know? Yeah. Not, I'm not I mean, hinting that you do it. I'm just no. Saying. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. If the or, um um like when I wanted 3D All Stars last year because I wanted to just play Mario 64 again because I love that game. I just waited like three months and I found it on Marketplace for fifty mint and i was like all right there we go that's the che- that's that's what nintendo would put it on for in two years so i'll just get that now so if, if you're in a, a more populated area and you're on marketplace or kijiji and you really want to play mario golf just give it like a couple months someone will have it on there for like 40 or 50 bucks and just grab it yeah <sighs> yeah it was a huge bummer steve it's bad anywho that's it for episode number 190 of the canadian podcast lots of games lots of goings on here uh internally talking about what to do with the say throwing around ideas for maybe getting a new logo. We've both not been a fan of the big C and tower since we tried to pivot to Canadian game devs, American so, game devs.com, American uh, Cuba game devs.com. Uh, <laughs> Is there any games from Cuba? Probably not They're They're struggling uh, under embargoes and such, but uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> we'll be, we'll be, I, I think uh, if any artists out there are open for commissions, we, we're looking for ideas for uh, new logos that, uh, and also, as we were kind of talking about, too, it's a lot of, like, hashtag cancel Canada Day, a lot of uh, criticism of sort of intense patriotism right now. 
uh, especially with Canada Day coming up the day after this podcast goes live. Uh, so yeah, if someone has any ideas for logos or stuff and it's open for commissions, um, I would, I would put that out there personally. We'd love to have someone from the community work with us to, to make, uh, some cool revisions. Cause that logo's what? Five years old, six years old. Found a, five uh, years old. yeah, quite pretty old. I found a 2017 article of Cuba where underground arcades, secret networks and piracy are way of life. Awesome. All good things. I encourage. That's it uh, again for this episode. If you're an artist, reach out to us. Uh, if you want to support what we do, patreon.com slash King game devs, uh, back us for everything I mentioned at the top of the show and at our credited tier or higher, we would love to say a personal thank you at the end of every episode. So huge thanks to Aaron McLeod, Canuck played David winter, David Nagy, Daniel Miller, Eric beer, Eleanor, Hanel, Jean Leggett, Jeff Shepstone, Jeffrey Canham, graph metal, Kai Hutchins, Meow the Leon, Nicholas A. Zorko, Nav from the Academy of Games, Pixelnauts underscore Alex, Sean Hayden, and Stacey H. Um, also, uh, we have been asking if you enjoy the pod or have any feedback to drop us a review if wherever you're listening uh, has that option. I know some places like Spotify and Google don't, so if you're on one of those listening to us, contact at CanadianGameDevs.com. We'd love your feedback. If anyone has questions, we answered uh, some questions before. Um, and Steve, I wanted to Shout out uh, Discord user Azriel who said, just listen to the last episode, laughing out loud, remembering Steve remembering the birth of a daughter as I wish I'd gotten a platinum that day. That would have been great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a great show. Keep up the great work. I said, thanks so much. Uh, glad you enjoyed it. And he said, dude, you guys are a must hear every week for me. Keep it up. So that, that's so, it's always so nice when we, 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 as we've said, we record this show, I put it out into the void after we explored it and you don't think about people actually listening to it until someone tells you they listen to it. So that was really sweet. And thank you, Israel and everyone else who listens and doesn't say anything. We still appreciate you too. Um, so yeah, Steve, the current state of our bets, uh, Steven oh, yeah, receives one vaccine in June. That's a W. Um, I didn't really bet anyone about that. I just, just thought it would happen. Um, Steve's stocks do badly. Uh, your crypto crashed, I think. Yep, crypto crash. So that's All right, good. So Steve wins that one too. <laughs> uh, and next game from Next Level Games announced at E3, uh, which I was predicting for Nintendo's stream, did not happen. So I lost that one. I am one for three. Steve is two for four. No, I think so, this. I think the Next Level Games was me, wasn't it? Was it? I, th- I thought I said that because you said the your E3 bet was the 10 Canadian games yes. shown at E3. And I should have done the wholesome stream because it was like 30. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Steve is two for five and I'm one for two. Okay. Look it up. Hey, do you have your second dose of vaccine yet? Uh, my appointment is September 24th this year and they said they'll email me if I can book it sooner. Oh, true. Yeah, I can't. Apparently tomorrow, Monday... And this is good for anyone in Ontario. Apparently on Monday, anyone 18 and over can now just book for their second. Yeah. Second so my, uh, my friend Tyler's in like the vaccine hunters group thing. And he sent me a link. There was like a pop-up in uh, Waterloo or Kitchener this week. That was just like, Hey, if anyone can come here, we're giving out second doses. And, I, and uh, he sent it to me and he, he was like, I hope your parents have it. My mom didn't yet. I sent it to her and she went and actually got it through that. So thanks Tyler. And uh-huh. thanks to the vaccine hunters discord group for, you know, helping get my mom the second shot. There you go. Nice job. Nice job. Nice job, Steven Swam and Tyler <laughs> and all the, all the healthcare workers who are helping us not die. Appreciate you. <sighs> That's it for this episode. And we will be back next week 
with more Canadian gaming news, announcements, wish lists, impressions, and more. Goodbye. Bye. Time which changes people does not alter the image we have of them. Until you, like, hang out with them later. I'm thinking, like, because, like, my dad. I have this image of my dad, and it'll always just be that image. So mm. I, I, I kind of agree with that one. Nice job, Marcel. Proust? Proust? What do you think they did? You French idiot.